Hey guys, and welcome back to the Skullcast for episode 67. I am Walter, your host, and joining me today, as always, are my cast of regulars. We have Azil. Hi. And Griffith. Yo. And some technical difficulties, but we're off to a quick start here. Um, it's very consistent time to be a Berserk fan. I can't remember a more consistent time. I guess maybe 2006 era, so... It's been pretty cool to have all these things happen all at once. To have to know when Berserk is going to hit. Pretty funny, actually. Like it is. It does feel like a breakneck pace. Like once a month, yeah. uh, you know, I'll just like, oh my god, it's already here. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's it's funny the way things evolve on the on the forum. It's like you can actually see like the rise of people come and then they and then they go away, and then they rise and they come again. It's like waves of activity. Anyway, I don't have much of a preamble, but obviously we're here to talk about episode 340, uh, which, you know, really kind of panned out kind of how we thought it would. And I'm not saying that as someone who's disappointed, but, like, just based on what we discussed, like, in the major, you know, the quick beats of what was going to happen in this episode, pretty much true to what we said. Um, you know, records, they're, they're basically, they would like to escape. That's the next step here, but they have to deal with Rakshas next, so... And, uh, you know, they managed to get the upper hand with Rakshas, but still, you know, things, the tables turned at the very end, which I think it was Azil that predicted that exact, you know, pacing of things. So we're looking at a three, 341, pretty much how, how we would have expected from our perspective on 339. So anyway, that's just, you know, the, uh, the, the seer talk, your seer minute on <laughs> Skull's cast. So, uh... Big the big reveal of this episode, of course, was that breaking news: Rakshas is an apostle. Who knew? Who would have known? Who could have possibly thought, saw that? I thought he was just like some guy that was like a demon that was like an apostle, but different from an apostle, but like <laughs> just, one in every way. Yeah, he, he liked hanging out with them. He commanded them. He showed up when all the other apostles showed up, but he wasn't an apostle. He was a secret demon that likes black cloaks. Makes sense to me. Um, the circumstances for this whole, uh, for revealing the the form were interesting because, you know, it's not too often that we see an apostle on the ropes. And I kind of felt bad for Rock just throughout this episode because, you know, even in the last one, you know, he kind of got shown up by uh, the Tapasa and Sila and it, it happens again. And then, you know, kind of immediately after he shows his form, you can tell shit's about to get real because, you know, they, he pretty much puts a stop to all of their off- offensive tactics by the end of this episode, you know. Well, you know, it actually reminds me of every time Zod got, you know, uh, Hotsekaki with Guts and, you know, got shown up and was like, all right, okay, fine, fine. <laughs> and then he's like, Rawr! and that's, yeah, I, I feel that's pretty much how it's, uh, it's going here. It's like, all right, you guys, you know, like, okay, I lost twice in a row. Sure, fine. Now it's over, you know. Right, right, yeah. It is interesting. It's, he's, he's done toying with him, and he did quite a bit of toying before he did that, of course. But I think he finally realized he had to dig his heels in the ground and say, "Okay, now this is actually this is an actual fight at this point." But it's worth noting that they actually, you know, like the way in which they managed to, how to say, beat him up was pretty elaborate. Like you, you can tell they yeah. they gave it all they had, you know. So mm-hmm. it's nice to actually see. It's also a nice thing to see. Like, this is not just any apostle, it's one of the big five, you know, but still, mm-hmm. like, people who are skilled enough and cunning enough and have the technical knowledge, you know, uh, as far as Rickard is concerned, actually manage to, like, you know, uh, give, him a, give him a fight, you know. <clears throat> yeah. 
And I mean, I interpret it a little differently from what you said about Zod. And I mean, maybe I'm just wrong, but I'm just telling you what my initial interpretation was. I took it a little bit more as, you know, like survival. Like, because they did have him, you know, Zod has been cut before and he'll transform, you know, because of that, because he's sort of beaten. But I feel like him being, like, completely engulfed in flames like that, you know, he really needed to change. Yeah, that's and true. And then grab the horse. Yeah, yeah, it might have been uh, a bit more dire. But then again, yeah. you know, like, I, I don't know, I'm not sure, you know, it's hard to say uh, whether that was actually a life or death situation for him. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's, it's not, I'd say, Zod tends to transform a bit more leisurely than uh, Rakshas did in this case. <clears throat> it seems natural for Zod because he's just, you know, basically in the Hill of Swords is a perfect example where he was fighting Guts, you know, toe-to-toe, and then he realized Guts had the upper hand. So for, for Zod, the only way to make that fight interesting is to actually, you know, actually yeah. go all out and see if Guts can take that obviously he couldn't at the time but you know it, it, it makes sense but here you're right it seems like they kind of cornered Rakshas to me at least like they'd they'd beaten his form you know it's kind of soundly but yeah. both, both of them so it made sense that he would transform uh, I mean I don't have the translation uh, for this episode so and what we have is of course based on Puella's reading of it and uh, Zeal's uh, careful typing of the summary in the, in the Kind of many translations, so it's possible that there's a few exchanges or slips that Rakshas says that kind of gives us some more insight to his, you know, perception about this or about why he transformed. But the one line I do know is, you know, when he's saying "Don't look at me" whenever he's uh, on fire uh, or in, in the process of being of transforming, is it before or after the transformation? Uh, it's uh, during, you know, while mm. while he's on fire. Actually, uh, when he's transformed, uh, he doesn't. I'm not sure he even says anything, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That big, the you know, the coolest shot of the entire episode. Yeah, actually, he says he only says that after he would say puts out the fire with the horse's blood. Uh, he says he comments on the fact he still there's still some fire burning at his cloak, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but that's pretty much the only thing he says uh, once he's transformed. Oh, okay, got it, got it. <laughs> well, it's a pretty. Uh, so about that apostle form, it's so funny the way that we our perception of this episode was because once again we got like a two page preview from one of the members here, but it was basically it was of the last two pages of the entire thing. So our perception of it was that that's kind of like I don't know the middle of the episode maybe, but really what we saw was the the climax. You know that massive transformed multi tentacled form. Most of this episode was the, basically the fight to get him to that point. You know. But the Tapasa and and Silat working together to break him down, and really it was a time for Silat to shine. You know more than he has in recent memory. I guess almost since the tournament. I guess yeah. he didn't exactly shine during Guts' fight. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, he showed off his prowess, but uh, yeah, was soundly beaten. But uh, yeah, it's pretty much. I I, I would say. Since volume nine, we haven't seen him uh, like I don't know in that extensive a fight. So yeah. it was nice to see, and it was nice to see him actually, you know, uh, managing to hold his own. You know, totally. In uh, last episode, we were talking about relating to Silat and Rakshas. We were talking about uh, Rakshas's rookie line, or like you know, you've improved rookie or something like that. About how it would have been nice for that line, just that line alone, to imply like a personal relationship between he, him and Silat uh, when he was a human, but. We're given that explicit thing here 
in this episode, where he actually is mentioning explicit things about Silat's, you know, background being the son of the leader of the Bakiraka. So yeah, I mean, it's very clear that you know he knows. They it seems like they knew each other before. Yeah, or at least that you know. Yeah, there's a history where Rakshas basically. And I mean, it was he was part of the Bakiraka, you know. While Silat was born, you know, it's not like 200 years ago or anything like that. Exactly, within this lifetime. Yeah, that's the key thing. Is so he must know he must, Silat must know something about Rakshas, and maybe we'll learn a little bit about Rakshas through that, through him. You know, maybe yeah. Silat will let something yeah. slide. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I think we can we can guess that, for example, uh, Silat's father was the one to exile Rakshas, that kind of thing. Mm. You know, and might have you know, I mean, died as a result. Or I think there's a, there's going to be some interesting. Uh, uh, backstory to this. Sure. I guess the other big thing about this episode was was what has gathered a lot of the people's attentions in the in the thread recently. Oh, I know. Is, I know. You're talking about the Euromies, right? Yeah, yeah, the Euromies. <laughs> <laughs> I have People a big have part about the Euromies. When are the Euromies coming back? You know, where yeah, are I've been waiting for this for 15 fucking years, so <laughs> we better talk about the fucking Euromies. <laughs> Sure, we'll, we'll certainly get to that. Uh, I have a little section about the Urmis. But uh, before that, I wanted to say, just the way it ended, and you know, the fact that uh, attention is now being drawn to this. Is, this is no longer a quiet assassination. You know? oh, yeah. when, when Rakshasa initially attempted it, he was just going to do Rickard off in the middle of nowhere, basically, or the outskirts of Falconia. I thought, I thought you were going to mention Eric's impending death, but you know, we could talk about this, though, first. To me, that that's like a. I mean, we can we can get to that, but I guess my point is like, this is no longer a quiet little battle, you know, with the you yeah. know the flame everywhere. This is suddenly going to be a attracting attention no matter what kind of scenario, and so that raises the stakes with this fight more than the, what they had before. So the question is then becomes, who will actually come? Who who will we see come to this fight now, or will the fight be resolved by then? There's a lot of other options, but the point being, the stake for this fight suddenly got a lot bigger by the end of this episode, uh, even without Erica's life being threatened, or may or may not be threatened, depending on how seriously you take this as a threat. Um, I don't see Re- Erica dying here. That's why I'm kind of brushing that off to the back burner. Uh, I think it's kind of an immediate episode tension, but not one that I really see happening for very long. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a Photoshop of her on that last page, but I'm going to put her over the horse on the on the earlier image. Oh, <laughs> just to drive the point home of the peril sure, that sure. she is in. So yeah, what yeah, do you, I don't, we assume there's going to be a rescue here shortly. I, I may as I, I may as well save this for the page by page, but I, I'm I'm too anxious to uh, to wait for then. But what do you guys think of that final page? Like, you know, our initial reading of it when we first saw the preview was that. Rakshas was escaping with Erica, and no. that he was going to move the that, fight somewhere else. That was my initial. That was he was holding her sort yeah. of triumphantly. That was absolutely not my reading of it. My reading was that he was, you know, grabbing her and uh, mm-hmm. how to say, well, threatening them with it, saying yeah. pretty much like, uh, "Well, now I've got her, and you all gonna die, and you know, step up, and I'll let her go," all that kind of stuff, you know. But uh, I also think it's interesting. That he was still, that he noted, you know, because I'm wondering what the point of noting this was, other than, you know, like whimsy or a neat little touch, was that he was still on fire when he grabbed her, and he was trying to put his cloak out, and then she came running around the corner and he grabbed her. Now, would he have taken the opportunity either way? Probably. But it might have also suggested he was, you know... You're you're actually... uh, That's actually quite clever. You know, he might 
be trying to split her open to put out the small fire. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's... Uh, that, would, that was horrible. It's like, oh, I need her to... Yeah, he's gonna... <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, that's... Uh, yeah, that's brilliant. You know, that might... Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's quite probably what you might be trying to do. <laughs> we, need, uh, we need the Daruga to... <laughs> Why doesn't he grab a Tapasa? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, because, you know, he's a, he's an efficient guy. So, you know, it's a small fire. A, he, on, he only needs... Little- yeah, blood for fire. A small amount, you know, like he's keeping them for later on. Boy, plus I, it's pasta. They have like a lobster carapace on them. That's going to be difficult to pry, pry apart. I'm imagining. Oh, now you're confused with uh, Giganto Maki, I believe. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly had not considered him using air to put him out. I guess my, by my initial reading, I meant our initial two-page preview. But looking through it, it seems clear that. He has no reason to want to escape. Yeah. Like he has he has control of the fight at this point. So yeah, there's no reason to run off to a new scene. It would be it would make no point. Plus, he puts out the Tapasa's little, you know, flame flamethrower by yeah. the end of the episode. So like why what threat do they have against Rakshas at the moment? None. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they were trying to Jose light him up again, but uh, you know not uh Jose, that's not gonna happen anymore. And I think uh you know like like you said earlier, they might have beaten him in uh, his human form, you know, like outwitted him and everything, and used, you know, equipment and everything like that. But yeah, I think uh, they are completely outmatched you know, at the moment. I mean, when you look at the, he's got this huge, you know, scythe, you know, coming mm-hmm. out of his tentacles, and I get the feeling he could probably, like, you know, the tapas are strong, but uh, I'm thinking he might be able to just slice one up in half without too much trouble now. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is how, you know, they, on all of them, they look, they end with points, all these little tentacles, except when he's holding uh, Erica, it looks sort of like, almost like, it looks like lettuce, you know, it's obviously like yeah. cloth, you know, holding on to her. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting to see him, like, you know, the, just the difference in how his appendages work. Mm. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. He's, he's quite versatile, it seems. I mean, yeah, to me it's no different than how it was. He's able to control the cloak however he wants. He's just, within his apostle form, he's kind of just, it seems like he's more diverse, more, there's more density to him. Larger as well. Yeah, a lot bigger too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, one thing uh, I haven't uh, really talked about on the forum, what we haven't talked about on the forum, is that his third eye is actually not playing much of a role in his apostle form, which is something I would have expected, you know, or at least Mm. he's not playing much of a role yet. Yeah, that's true. And actually, uh, some of the comments I saw elsewhere were basically like, are we sure this is apostle form? It doesn't look much different from his human form. Like, I guess I, I can kind of see where that comment comes from and, and the fact that it's still a mask on a cloak, basically. But the form itself is dramatically different. It's far more monstrous. Yeah. Yeah, not even not even just in size with all the tentacles and the wild look of it. It's like, it's certainly... A different form. Yeah, it's, it's huge. I think the, actually the last page doesn't do it justice because mm-hmm. of the angle, so you don't really... But uh, yeah, I mean, w- when he first you know, transforms, he's on fire, he, he looks like... You can tell it's uh, completely different. And, uh, and the same for when he grabs the horse, you know, he, he looks... Yeah, huge. you're going to see him compared to the horse. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, he looks like some kind of crazy, crazy monster. And yeah. uh, and regarding the eyes, you know, one thing is that he's actually you know called like uh, 
the kanji for his name, Rakshas, is a night demon, you know, and he often he's often referred to as being, you know, about darkness, you know, dusk, that kind of stuff. And so I think the Sorda is probably just a way for him to see in the dark, you know, very simply. Mm. So, you know, regarding, you know, it's like what he tells uh, Silat, that pretty much when the fire goes out, uh, his life will go out as well, because Rakshas can see in the dark and, uh, like, much better than a, a traditional human. So it is like Splinter Cell, the, the three-eyed yeah. thing. Well, yeah, I mean, probably, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we may as well jump into the mask talk if we're talking about his third eye. You're right, though. It is curious that his third eye hasn't been referenced or shown to have any particular ability. It's just it's still kind of a character trait rather than an ability so yeah. far. And there's also no socket for it on his skull, you know, which is... I wondered about that, but I think uh, it's more Mira being careful... Mm. With you know because you know trying to change the anatomy of the skull is probably some things that would not you know I mean that probably wouldn't work well. So we see it seems it's, it seems like we could see it last time, but you're right. It was always kind of a maybe, maybe not kind of thing. Yeah, in the last episode. Even here, like on on some shots, you can see like I don't know, almost just a shade, like yeah. like just a dot. But you know, at other yeah, times you can't. It wasn't consistent. I remember on one of them you could mm-hmm. see it, but on others you couldn't. Yeah, so it's. Uh, I, I think it will be referenced later, but uh, yeah, it's uh, It's kind of unknown at this point still. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more to talk about, but I wanted to start with a page-by-page just so we can kind of get to those things. I think we covered the main points, but uh, one of the bigger ones we'll address on the op- one of the opening pages, so we'll get there. Anyway... Page by page, starting with page one. Um, I just like the visuals here. You know him kind of skulking through Falconia on the on the on the rooftops. It's kind of creepy him tracking Rickert like this because he gets he's getting closer and closer, and you kind of wonder like you know I don't know. It just looks creepy. That one shot of him on page two next to the the wagon. You can actually just you know just seeing his form creep through the shadows. Unno- apparently unknown to Rickert. This is kind of a creepy moment, but yeah, obviously I, things are under control. And, and the thing is. Uh... He was probably unknown to Rickert, you know, but uh, Silat was the one, you know, uh, Jose, mm. tracking him in uh, in return. So it's it's pretty funny to it worked that way. Yeah, well, I wondered how that. It's it's actually I love the way the start it starts because you didn't know how much preparation they had put into this. You know, you just see Rickert walking with a with a crate, but it, and then it's, it becomes immediately clear, you know, that they were a hundred percent prepared for this scenario. Yeah. You know, they were they were they had led him into a trap, which is really a really cool thing. Yeah, he's actually- in these scenarios, I always ask the question: What if, like Rakshas had just de- descended from the rooftop and stabbed him in the back? Yeah. You know, twenty yards before the fireworks were totally. set up. You know, like, whoops. Yeah, they just had. They just had Rickert walking in a in a square over yeah. and over and over and over in one tight path. It's actually what I was thinking. You know, like uh, that he just you know Jose go around in circles. But yeah. I actually think it's uh, also quite smart that they decided to lay a trap for him instead of just trying to exit the city at a breakneck space, you know? Because yeah, I thought what... they were just going to try and escape, yeah. so I was a little surprised that they set yeah. this sure. elaborate yeah. trap. Same thing, I, I thought, I figured they'd just make a run for it, but uh, it's actually smarter because, yeah, he could have stopped them pretty easily, so it's uh, it's actually smarter to do it that way. You know, it's, it's actually something Rickert comments on, you know, about the, uh, the Bora person. Right, yeah, and it's, it's funny that he brings up his kind of one... He's had other experiences with Apostles, actually. It's just, I guess it's strange that he mentions that one. I'm, I'm assuming it's because of its tracking ability, is what he comments on in your summary, right? Yeah. The ability to... 
He's, he's, he's known apostles are tenacious, basically. Yeah. Anyway, um, after the, the many fireworks go off, you know, it's, it, brings, it brings to light, you know, Roxas's relationship with light. You know, I'm assuming that Sila and the others know kind of that Roxas is at a weakness when he can't blend into the shadows. I mean, even that itself is kind of forward thinking, right? I mean, like, I wouldn't necessarily assume that just looking at this guy, but uh, they, they must know something yeah. about the way his form works. Yeah. To, that light put him on the on the different defensive. Well, I think it's. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a matter of his form or anything, but it's more an affinity that he has, you know, as a as a mm. as a person, as a character. Because yeah, like I said, his name itself uh, means night demon, and uh, they probably know that he used to, let's say, like the shadows and didn't want to be seen that kind of stuff. It's probably something like I said that his backstory will reveal to us. So I don't know if it's just. Ugly as sin or something like that, you know? <laughs> mm. Yeah. But it might be the case. It might be the case. On page three, we get one of the more interesting uh, kind of, I don't know, and I thought it's not a curveball, but it's a good insight into uh, kind of Falconia that I was, uh, it came to me ahead of schedule. And that was uh, Luca telling the girls to sit down and, and stay out of sight in case, you know, they're seen by, you know, apostles. Otherwise, they'll be arrested or killed for helping aid fugitives. So it's like, it, even that itself, it could be read that she's just being careful. It could also be read that it's simply an insight into Falconian justice, right? Like, if apostles come to the scene, just just don't even fucking bother. Just stay out of sight. Don't, don't get seen. Because you could just get murdered for, for nothing, basically. For yeah. even just being seen in the, in the vicinity. There's also something you haven't mentioned, but uh, it's pretty badass that Rickert actually is... Like, he could have left this up to, you know, Silat and the Tapasa, but he actually actively is fighting against Rakshas. So, I, you know, it shows he's got some, you know, some pretty big balls, you know, like to be, you know, uh, that active in the fight, I think. It, it it certainly does, and even Rakshas comments on it, but to me that didn't stick out be, simply because on his way to Falconia, he was firing this at all sorts of different monsters. You know, well, presumably he's had a little bit of a practice facing obstacles like this. Speaking of, you know, balls, the uh, chicken yeah, monster. The cockatrice, <laughs> yeah. But sure. That's where Rickard got it. Uh, <laughs> and plus all the things he's seen and, you know, experienced with Zod, and as he mentioned himself, the, the boar. So yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't too surprised by that that he uh, that well, he participated at least at the level he did. Well, I, I wasn't surprised. I mean, the guy just slapped Griffiths not long ago, but I mean, it was <laughs> still, I, I still found it pretty cool to be, you know, like I don't know, he's pretty cool. He's giving it a good shot, like he's, you know, blasting him with arrows. Yeah, I thought was, that I was mean, pretty cool. I mean, before in the last encounter, he was pretty much helpless. Yeah, yeah. Because- that- caught on unawares and it was all up to the the Baki Raka and this time he had a little more initiative. Yeah, I yeah. managed to nail his mask. In the middle of page three there's a shot where it gets closer to Rickard as he's cranking the uh the crossbow. It actually looks like guts for a moment with the the crossbow in front of him like that. Yeah. Cranking it. Same action. Anyway, yeah he manages I like how the arrows go through Rakshas, you know, some of them do anyway, or at least they appear to. Uh, and then one of them strikes his mask. Which uh, then, you know, there's this really cool transition that happens. I think it's on page four. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, where Rakshas moves his, I guess you could say his vital point. I don't know what else to call it. His, his body, I guess. What do you want to call that? Like if he moves his body within the body. Yeah, it's his, uh, his real body, you know. Okay. He moves his real body like lower 
And the the mask kind of just like falls from that, and then he catches it. You no, can kind of see it like actually, swaying, right? Actually, it's different. What's going on is so Rickard shoots the wall and then hits Rakshas right in the in the body, you know. So he's like mm-hmm. I don't know, like like shooting with a you know a, how to say a machine gun, you know. And then mm-hmm. uh, Rakshas body, which was actually like I don't know at his feet, if you will, rises mm-hmm. up. He rises up. He takes in while the form that we thought was his body slumps. He picks up the mask and, you know, he stands up, basically. He stands up and, ah, and he says, you see, uh, like I told you before, my head isn't always where it's supposed to be, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I took that top left panel of it. It looked like the mask was falling because there was no weight holding it. But you're right. It's simply standing there and then he rises up to grab yeah. it. I see. Okay. Cool. I like the, I really like the little shot of him pulling the arrow from the mask actually while looking at it he looks you know like a ghost. Yeah. Yeah, you can see his face quite well. There's a couple of pages yeah. here where you can really see you can almost make out his features, you know, he would look as a human underneath that almost. You can see expressions like he looks, you know, angry or maybe just concentrating as Annoyed. he throws the arrow back at yeah, Rickert. Yeah. That's cute. It's kind of cute, actually, that he throws it at Rickard. It's just like he's just like a bothersome fly swatting it away. Yeah, actually, you know, I like the fact that both that Rickard was actually trying to shoot him in the back, and that Rakshas <laughs> just flicked the arrow like it's nothing and just hit him right in the shoulder like that. Yeah. And what do you guys think about that mask? I uh, I just kind of thought it was uh, strange. I mean, I don't uh, leaves. I guess is the design of it or well, seashells. I don't really know what to call, what to call that. Flourishes. I mean, and they look similar to some of the design work we've seen. Yeah. Some of the cushion stuff. You know, oh the, sure, yeah. The yeah. mask on uh, Kanishka's, you know. Uh, yeah, his statues some of, uh, and his, thrones. Yeah. yeah. It's a. Uh, so I, I it's. Find- it's I think it's, I mean, some of the Rakshasa masks, like I was looking on Google to see if I could find, you know, what mask are they going to use or what's it going to incorporate? You know, some of them kind of incorporate that with the flourishes and uh, the eyes, the way they bug out like that. But I mean, it just looks totally different because there's no mouth. Mm. Sure, yeah. Yeah, It's also more, go ahead. Yeah, it's more pointy. Well, I was just going to say that. It ends in that little point that made me think of what you guys were saying about using a falcon mask. Almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that well, was that was just a joke, though. <laughs> yeah, but it still reminded me of it. It was. Like, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I, actually. I didn't even notice the fact that it kind of. It's far more. It's not an oval. It's teardrop shaped or inverse teardrop yeah. shape. Yeah, I didn't notice that until just now. That's really cool. Yeah, and it drops uh, the little you know spikes for the mouse. Well, you know, personally, uh, I like the fact that it's uh, very cushion. You know, like mm-hmm. while being completely different from the former one. Uh, but it's still, you know, it's uh, it's very cushion style, and yeah, the, actually the eyes uh, are probably more like what uh, the Rakshasa, you know, monster from uh, Indian mythology is like. With uh, they've got supposed yeah. to have huge, you know, uh, bulging eyes. But anyway, yeah, I like it. I, I probably would say I prefer the previous one, but uh, this one is interesting, and uh, I don't, I don't mind it. I, I kind of like, uh, like I said in the thread, it's uh, flamboyance, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Griffith said, it uh, goes well with his uh, apostle form, actually. I also like, I mean, it's kind of understated and it's obvious, but it retains the exact design as his previous one, minus the teeth. You know, it still has the, I think it was Lithria where it's talking about, or maybe it was JMP. Like the drops. It was Lithria, exactly. yeah. Yeah, the drops from the third eye, you know. That kind of design, the same as his previous mask. You know, it, I, you know, a new mask when previously, it could have been anything, you know, in my head. 
it could have been a completely different design that incorporated a third eye. But no, it's pretty much, you know, bare bones, the same design. Yeah, different maybe we'll find out the third eye. It's like, you know, they'll be like, so how come we can't see your third eye on there? I'll be like, oh, it's just a design on my mask that I like. I don't have a third <laughs> eye. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does have some kind of light in it when you wear it, so. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Rickard mentions, uh, you know, that he's encountered apostles before and they're tenacious and. Uh, it's just nice that you know Ruck just takes a, a moment to kind of congratulate Rickard on his balls for standing up to him and not running away. We've already kind of covered that though, so I don't want to belabor the point because kind of the final exchange there with Rakshas is, is I believe he's talking about how he'll he wants to claim Griffith's head, or re, kind of reiterating his point about that. Is this the the time that he says that to Rickard? Yeah, yeah, he's actually. Uh... Rika tells him that, uh, you know, he tells him about the Boar Apostles and the fact uh, he knows he just can't run away easily from Rakshas, that, you know, he'll follow him. And Rakshas just says, yeah, it's true, Apostles tend to be persistent, you know, mm. and, uh, you know, especially because they're all attracted by the Falcon, you know, everything like that. And he says, I, I'm like that as well. And then he comments that, he, you know, unlike the others, he wants to, you know, uh, to get the Falcon's head. And then the Euromies, you know, come into play. Oh, is that what those weird things are? Those weird slashy things? Is, is it a whip? Oh, God. Are you... It's like a, it's I was, like a like, I was ready to whip. burst. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking Yurumi, man. That's the best. The best. Yeah. I thought it was like aluminum siding, you know, that he just, yeah. like... Yeah, it must be up. sonic waves or something like that, you know. It's so, just like a weird, like a baton kind of thing. No, it's a it's, twirling uh, thing. Yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome, man. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I was pretty. I'm just, I'm just teasing you because I know how yeah, seriously, I, how, I, how, how into the Irmies you are. That's well, all. yeah, I, I like Silat a lot, and I like the, I like the Bakerka's weapons a lot in general. In, mm. Even the Tapasas, uh, you know, the martial art and everything. So. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, I knew it was coming. I think we all knew it was coming. And it was pretty cool to see it, even though uh, it actually was not as hot to say. Like, it uh, it was quickly... Rakshas managed to foil it pretty quickly. Quicker than I would have wasn't liked. wasn't as effective as uh, we might have thought for his... Uh, that, that, yeah. that might have been the one thing that we thought could uh, trouble him. Yeah, well... Yeah. I mean, it did, it did trouble him in a way, you know. I think uh, Silat managed to hold him off pretty well with that and actually well enough that he could you know slash his face so that's uh that's pretty damn good uh but uh yeah rakshas actually stopped blocked it you know uh early early enough so yeah it and seems it like, it... like Go ahead. you can make out you know that that face slash really bothered him like well, if you look at the face it looks like his mouth is agape oh yeah yeah he's, he's screaming actually he's even you know like there's uh, that little sound yeah. Yeah, he's he's actually screaming. So, yeah, actually, he's pretty. He got you know, he really messed up, you know, and he comments yeah. on it. And uh, yeah, he really, you know, it's. Um, I think this whole thing, like you know, the previous thing, it it also plays into his character. You know, uh, Silat comments on the fact he just like to te- he likes to tease his victims. You know, mm, and that's yeah. that's not uh, what an assassin should do. Yeah, and, you know, and he—that's why he was, you know, exiled from the clan. And, and yeah, I think you can really see how that plays into Raksha's character from the previous episode and this one. He just, you know, Jose, he's like a cat playing with a mouse. You know, he underestimates his, you know, praise and like to tease them, make them think they can escape or something like that. And so, yeah, that—that that, you know, uh, 
vitamins, yes. And even even that is consistent with what we'd expect from an apostle, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. just purely evil. Yeah. Not, you know, it doesn't go for the straight kill, but actually wants to draw it out more. That makes sense as an apostle. Yeah. And and when he actually uh, finds someone that can fight back, he just transforms because, you know, who wants yeah. to play on an even playing field, you know? Yeah, it's not, it's not fun when the rabbit's got the gun. So. Yeah. <laughs> I do wish, like it's, as he said, I, I do wish we saw a little bit more of the Urmi's usage because it was not quite as dramatic or diverse as it was in Volume 9, but I feel like, you know, he kind of gave a basic demonstration of its capabilities. But it, instead, what we got is this kind of quick, diverse combat. You know, there's like three different types of combat they engage in here, uh, Sila and him. So it's really cool. Uh, but the whenever he uses the Urmi on... Um, on Rakshas. I like that the fabric itself kind of looks like blood for a moment. Kind of yeah. like it hangs in the air there. And then it's, it's clear that he's not actually damaging him uh, until he actually gets that surprise kick on his face when you can actually see blood. Which was another big surprise, I guess, of this because, you know, like I felt like leaving last episode, we had a pretty good understanding of the way Rakshas's body works. But, like, I don't know. Do we still feel like we, we understand how this works? Why? Well, like, know, is, it just, is it just a head? And basic vital organs, or is there actually a body under there? You know, it's kind of hard to tell. Well, I mean, well, we can we can see on uh, on the coming pages what looks like he's formed into a pretty you know humanoid yeah, body, mirroring uh, the thing is, That's what I'm saying. Go ahead, Azil. If you like, we know he can uh, how to say tighten up into a ball that's pretty into like much, a backpack. Yeah, he he can tighten up into what's basically a basketball, you know, as far as the size goes. And we we know that he makes uh how to say bone dislocation sounds. So I think he probably like he's probably a mess. He's got a head and a few organs in there and he can probably form bones, you know. I don't know if it's within the cloak or whatever. But uh yeah, I don't think like I think you could cut off his arm and another one would grow back, you know. It's uh, mm. one of the props of being an apostle. See, I I think there's a couple different ways you could do. The fact that there's blood kind of changes this for me, but you know, I, I think if he if he basically is is kind of an inhabited cloak, right? Like if the cloak itself is his body and there's no real body underneath, yeah. then any shape we see is just a emulation of a body, right? Yeah, like whenever yeah. he's spinning like that, it's simply the cloak looking like that to perform an action like that yeah. when he's doing the handstand thing. It makes sense that it would adapt itself to a human body shape because that's what he's used to performing as, you know? Yeah, and, you know, like we can see a knee, you know, uh, in a few shots we can see a knee, like not just in this episode, but as, at times he's moving like, he's just like a, I don't know, bent cloak, you know, without mm-hmm. any articulations. So, yeah, I think, like, for example, on the shot where he's, fighting with Silat and doing that kind of breakdancing thing. You know, he, yeah. he's got a leg and a foot, but, you know, like, does he have a foot usually? I, I don't think so. And as you can see, it's all the cloak, you know. It's always a cloak. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's just a cloak. And you, you mentioned the fact that the cloak actually looked like blood when uh, Silat was, you know, hitting it with the Uramis. And I actually think that's not a... Like, that's a good observation. And uh, I actually think the blood... We see when he's cut, and the you know what flows from the cloak might actually be his blood. Like the cloak mm. and the blood might be the same thing, and maybe what's holding on the Urumi's blades in the end is uh, the you know blood cloak. I mean, you you understand what I mean? It could be the same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> well, whatever yeah, it is, just... it certainly seems like it's alive, and he can you know if not control it, it is certainly aiding him here and sort of you know wrapping up the uh, 
your roomies and uh yeah and well, what's like, interesting about this is just the fact that you know when he gets cut on the cloak you know earlier and you know what looks like blood is coming off he doesn't seem to to mind it until he gets sliced in the face so is it that the cloak is you know you know not a vulnerable area whereas he just doesn't care if it gets you know sliced or whatever but only his head yeah. is a vulnerable spot or is he hiding his like core body within the cloak still yeah. you know beyond just his head I actually think, uh, like you said, the cloak is not like it's probably not a very vulnerable area, and there's, you know there's a reason he's wearing a mask, and I think like I think he's got a very specific relation to his face, you know, like I said earlier, he doesn't want people to look at him. Uh, he wears a mask, and he probably wore one in, in uh, you know, before he became an apostle. So yeah, I think his face is uh, something very very dear to him. So I, I would expect he would really not mind, you know damage anywhere but there yeah I, it kind of goes without saying but i wanted to stress the point that you know rakshas has been hit a couple times in the past two episodes but we've never seen his actual weak point get hit or actually you know he's, he's his mask might get hit or stabbed or whatever but we've never seen what he kind of like goads them with it's his weak point until now now we see if it, it gets slashed then he bleeds you know yeah so. Well, also, I mean, it would just make sense, you know, it sort of ties everything together. That's why he wears a mask, because yeah, if that's his one vulnerable spot, that's his, that's his piece of armor, too. Yep. So that, oh, you sure, know, yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Good point. Um, moving along, I like that Silat and him kind of have this toe-to-toe fight here. Uh, I like, you know, in, in my head, the animation of this is pretty incredible. Like, the top of page, I don't think it's 12 or 13 when yeah. they're... Maybe when they're doing when he's with the guitars and uh, Roxas is needling him, yeah, kind of like a, low, a low perspective. Yeah, I can kind of just envision like the way the cloak is moving and the way he's kind of like shifting his body around. It's probably pretty amazing. Yeah, and the fireworks in the background. Yeah, yeah, it, it's very scenic. And then great. going into that excellent thing with where you know they do the sort of the flip twist and they're kicking and you can see Roxas still spinning on the next page. Yeah. Well, what, what's also cool about that, that all, in addition to all the amazing, you know, motion that's happening here, is you know, Silat almost gets Rakshas in the neck, and then Rakshas almost gets Silat like next to the eye. Yeah. So like, there's these, you know, these momentary, you know, crucial hits that are about to happen, but they both have to spin away at that moment. You know, it's a really cool, kind of like you know, draw kind of moment. Yeah, and the the way the cloak spins around Rakshas on the next page is pretty, pretty. Good. Oh yeah, I love it. That was. That was the panel I was most taken with the first time I saw the episode. I was like, damn, that looks sweet. Yeah, and at this moment, they finally share a little bit. They kind of open up, you know. Um, Roxas is talking about how Silat has, you know, improved. Uh, he, he underestimated uh, Silat. Yeah, and I like that Silat says, you know, like, of course, he says he got better after he got, you know, his eyes handed to him by guts. But I, I like the fact that he admits he used to actually be arrogant. So, you know, it's funny because when he's first introduced in the series, he, he kind of does, you know, uh, come across as being a, a bit of a, you know, not a smartass, but he's overconfident. He's, but, it, know, but it's justified because until he meets Guts, yeah. he is, you know, so much better than everyone else. So he yeah. didn't come off as you know, being arrogant. It's only Guts that sort of, you know, mocks him and... Yeah, and it's interesting. Yeah, like you said, it changes the perception that you know he was relatively arrogant then, and now he's got you know like he's he's gotten wiser and he's trained. You know, like I also love the idea that after being defeated by guts, he trained every day 
you know, as hard as possible to become better. You know, it's also something, it's like, you know, God inspired him to become better. So I kind of, I kind of like that. And of course, Rick, Rick also, you know, uh, let's say, uh, puts two and two together in that regard. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty great. You know, that whole aspect, like all the players, you know, uh, in Falconia so far have all been influenced by guts. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, it's also, I'd say, it hints at what's to come, you know, about the role It would guts. be, uh... Oh, yeah. go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say about the role Guts might play, you know, inspiring people, not from a high place like Griffiths, but just from, you know, passing through and his own low-key approach, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's always been his way. He kind of, you know, leads, like, not from the front, but, you know, from the ground, you know, he's down with everybody else. Yeah. You know, just interacting. It's also, it'll be interesting, hopefully, they'll all survive to the point where Rickert can say, hey, you know, I actually know who you are, and I and I know who you were talking <laughs> about earlier. That was like my old, you know, friend and commander. It's like, pretty cool, huh? Because yeah. that would be great to see Salat sort of react to that. Yeah. Yeah, all these Guts references are happening right on the cusp of them actually realizing this. It's always right on the edge of the frame, and it never actually happens. You know, between Luca and Daiba and yeah. Rickard and Silla, all these people. But like, we, Guts we, is the yeah. true line. That, that makes, uh, I mean, when it comes, that will make it all the sweeter, you know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. What's also an interesting way to look at this, just from the fighting standpoint, this is like, you know, comparing Salat and Guts. This is like his Zod fight. You know, in a way, sure. you know, yeah. the the Hill of Swords battle that Guts had with them and just all these close calls and just how uh, how on edge, you know, they have to be, particularly Salat, to keep up. Yeah, I, I agree. Actually, it's uh, it's exactly what I thought of. When I saw yeah. that fight, I was like, this is like, this is their Hill of Swords, you know, the, the same thing, the way they, how to say, change weapons, everything, it's boss. Yeah. Remind you know it both reminds me of uh, the fight in Volume Nine between Silat and Guts and yeah of what Guts went through against that so that's pretty cool and at the same time it's also a direct continuation of the previous episode's fight. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of this page, Rakshas is talking about the fact that the the fireworks or flares are beginning to dim and you know soon the darkness will come and he'll have a suddenly he'll have an advantage on the fight but he, does, he doesn't that, actually say he'll have an advantage he say you know you're dead like as soon as it goes out yeah. you're dead okay <laughs> which which is just you know like i mean he's not you know you know there's no doubt in his mind sure sure it's and like I think I think they agree with that. I don't think he's just boasting because it's like I think you know once it gets dark they just they will not be able to see him anymore. Yeah. It's like before they were fighting him in the it was still sunlight out and you know they had the fireworks this time but you know how are you going to fight him if he doesn't want to be seen? Yeah. And then a uh, big surprise with the Tapasa rolling out the uh, you know oil filled uh, fire hydrant thing. <laughs> I love that Silat just says you're late. You know, it's just like you know. <laughs> that's, they hear that's, the creaking. They hear the creaking of the of the wagon, and then he says it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's that's just great. You know, that's uh, it's also set up so well. You know, I, I don't know. It's something I could read it. You know, a hundred times in a row, I wouldn't tire of it. It's uh, I think it's really really greatly put together. This whole episode. It's certainly not how I expected the Tapasa to be used in this fight. Was to use a machine against Rakshas. You know. 
Well, the thing is, you know, uh, I don't think their style of fighting is actually appropriate against him. Like, there's no, there's no bone to crush, there's no armor to break, to, to break through. Yeah. He'd probably just, you know, like, I mean, he's made fun of them before and for good reason, because, mm. you know, they can't, what, what can they do against him? What was it's his, like, like initial analysis of, of them, like, slow and stupid, <laughs> was his, uh, well, that being something st- like that, that they were clumsy, at yeah. least compared to him? Yeah, that being said, uh, he would say, uh, amended his uh, commentary last episode when they threw... Yeah, that they, uh, they did make face. a good... <laughs> but I, I think they pretty much sort of used themselves the best they could, you know, to your point that they're not necessarily yep. suited to fighting him, you know, just by wrapping him up, you know, as a diversion yeah, and holding him. Right. I was just going to say that it's, it's kind of opposite styles of fighting. You know, we've seen at this point the yeah. way Tapasa fight, the way Rakshas fights. Yeah. Anyway, with this flamethrower, they managed I, I to... I love the wall of flame coming at his little figure yeah. and then just the close-up on his mask, you know. Yeah, that's the two panels I wanted to focus on was just, it's a, like, it's a direct hit, you know. Like, it's not a... Oh, he grazed me. Oh, I managed to dodge. Nope. Just in, gets engulfed The in thing flames, is, you know, you know, like, I wonder, did he actually, could, could he have dodged and did he not bother to? Or did he not have the He time? looks pretty surprised. Those panels look quite surprised to me. Yeah, I think, I mean, I mean, it doesn't have, like, a little, uh, something, like, in the corner of his, to give a, like, <laughs> indication that he's, you know, like, detecting it or anything. It's more like he's just taking it full on. Mm-hmm. And I mean... Without, you know, him having a face, you know, I do feel like, you know, those eyes, I know they're always that big, but I think they're that big in that <laughs> panel because he sees the wall of flame is about to hit him. Oh, damn. Oh, and in the next page, you see that his eyes are still lit up uh, in the mask. So, he's well, still there. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, so that's, uh, you know, moving his, his head around, you know, his body wouldn't mm-hmm. have helped much in this case. Yeah, and I mean, just the way just you, we see him get hit, and then just seeing his face surrounded by the fire in that one panel, I do feel like it's sort of... Uh, it hurts! Sort of, <laughs> it's, it's dawning on him that, you know, things have gone horribly wrong. Yeah. And I like that, uh, you know, Silat comments on the fact it was a brilliant idea, you know, which is, like, it was Rika's idea, pretty much, and... Uh, yeah. You know, I, I like this. This fight was also. It's not just a Bakaraka, you know, fight. It's not just showing off, uh, you know, Silat or anything. It's just really combined effort, and uh, you can tell he's appreciative of uh, Rika's way. So, you know, this bodes well for the future to me. So when there are, another cool shot is when they're looking at it, and when and I think it's the same panel when uh, Silat says that actually yeah. the look on uh, Rickard's. It's very guts-like that little look of yeah. you know satisfied determination. Yeah. So that's the second time. Episodes resembled him. Pretty cool. It's also it's a small thing, but it's also nice that Rickard's able to show Steel out that he's not just some kid with a weird haircut. You know, he's yeah. a, actually a pretty pretty cool engineer kid. Uh, why does Erica run? Yeah, why she, does she go running down there? Because other she, than to, she's worried about Rickard. Okay. So you know what she should do? Stay away from there because she, she's just made it ten times worse. Well, yeah, but you know, like. She's not, you know, the sharpest uh, knife in the shed, I guess. <laughs> and also, but, um, how come adults weren't able to catch her before she got all the way down there and over there? <laughs> well, she makes up what she lacks in brains uh, in uh, brawn, you know, that's, uh, that's why. Physical speed, just incredible. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's, a- she, she's a hard worker. But yeah, it seems she's worried about Rikat, and I guess so those, you know. four, uh, those four women are of leisure, whereas she is a she is a hard worker. 
Yeah, well, you know, we we know Jose used to uh, earn their, their keep, you know, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. Uh, the bottom of that page, well, after Erica runs, actually the middle, you can actually, you know, it's nice that we actually see the physical transformation happening. You know, you yeah. see a before and after oh. shot of him kind of like inflating in size. Yeah, yeah, just growing, you know. Like gross, <laughs> actually, yeah. just the, the idea of him like sort of inflating like a balloon and bulging out like that yeah. while on he fire. Kind of loses his neck, loses any human features he might have yeah. had, you know, yeah. balloons out like that. It's kind of actually hard to tell, I guess, uh, if it's the flame that's causing this weird kind of um, fabric change. Uh, but I, I think it's pretty clear that's just... He looks different as an apostle. Yeah, right? I, I, the cloak I think, itself uh, changes. Yeah, I think it's not just uh, it's not the flames. You know, I think the the, the like the texture of the, the cloak changes, and I and yeah. I like yeah, the way it's supposed to look more wild and yeah. yeah, yeah, more monstrous pretty much. And I actually like that new style, and also like the fact that they're all you know looking looking up as he grows in size, you know, and becomes this huge, you know, towering it's thing. A f- it's a fantastic shot. I mean, uh, partly because of the framing and also because it's just, it looks so otherworldly. Like uh, a design like that is, it, we haven't seen anything like this before yeah. in the series. You know, I, it's I, really crazy. You know, that shot, that shot where he's, you know, like, uh, you know, a giant thing. I, I've actually, you know, be, I tried to compare it to find a name for it, you know, some monster it resembles, but it's, it's just, it's very unique, you know, very nice. Yeah, totally. I, I really love well, it. He, he probably what he resembles most, strangely, because he's not anything like it, and I don't think his body works that way, is the the snail count, or the slug count, I should say. Like, just if you look at the shape of the way he, like, sort of cranes his head around, yeah, this kind you know, of in his body full, like that. Yeah, it's kind of uh, boneless uh, shape, you mean, yeah. Yeah, sure. and even when he, like, tears the horse in half and pours it on him, it's sort of the same, sort of the same shape, but, I mean, I don't think the body, you know, works the same way. And yeah. But, but it's I'm just su- interesting how the, the shapes are similar. I'm surprised you didn't say he looks like a Christmas tree on fire. Oh, well, I mean, I already said that. <laughs> I already got that yeah. out there. Um, I, don't, I don't know the text where Rickert and Silat and the Tapasa are looking at him, but they look pretty pissed off or scared. Uh, he tells him, uh, what says, that uh, it's uh, his real form, you know, pretty much. It's uh, Ah, I see. Yeah. He, what say? I forgot, but yeah, he tells him. He basically says um, he calls him a, a reborn demon, you know, uh, and uh, says this is a true form of Rakshas, pretty much. So it's mm-hmm. like, wow, he's an apostle, you know. It's just basically just saying, oh, he's an apostle. This is his real form, you know. That's it. Uh, do we do we know he's an apostle though? Mm, yeah, sure. well, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got the the little you know lapel pin that says you know apostle for for, for Griffiths. <laughs> On his uh, on his vest, so so yeah. I mean, this shot is pretty much you know. Yeah, uh, definitive. He has to. It's, is that like his American flag pin that he has to wear to show his loyalty? Especially since he's talking about cutting Griffith's head off. You know, every opportunity mm-hmm. with strangers. Yep. I like his first action here. Um, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know what the scene was from his perspective, but it seems to me like he just goes. He has like like you know X-ray vision goes through this house, you know, a shed to grab a horse. Like, how did he know there was a, a horse exactly there? Well, he's Maybe got... Because they don't show it could just be that it was obviously the barn, to his point uh-huh. of view. He's got infrared vision and, <laughs> and ultraviolet as well. 
that, that's why. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's unrealistic. I, I'm merely saying it's just funny that he just reaches a hand in there and pulls out a horse. It's well, just you, like, a, you know, like, a, like a crane uh, game, you know. You know, actually, some uh, <laughs> it's not impossible. I wouldn't, you know. I, I said it wasn't impossible. <laughs> mm, no, that's right. Well, I'm, I mean, either he knew exactly where the horse was, or just when he stuck his hand in there, he was able to. He could probably sweep the whole room immediately, sure. just you know, with a sure. flick of his, you know, whatever passes for a wrist on that appendage, and grab I, something that he. I'm really belaboring the point. I just thought it was f- funny slash interesting that he just literally in a second is able to get a horse dangling dangling in the air. You know, it's just a yeah. otherworldly crazy ability. And then, yeah, what he does with the horse. Uh, a couple of people on Reddit were saying, like, Berserk's finally back, you know, <laughs> with Gore oh, finally yeah. taking the center horse, stage. Horse massacring yeah. that, that, that was, you know, the, the core of the series <laughs> originally. <laughs> back in its heyday. Remember it when is, Guts it, cut that horse's head off? Oh, that was the high point. <laughs> it is really cool, though. The, the, I mean, I don't want to say it's like a casual motion, but you can, it's like, like tearing it like bread. You know, that one yeah. panel at the bottom of the page where it's just you can see the tear happening. It's just yeah, like... It's actually, it just it's really really it's exemplifies gross. his strength. It really exemplifies My how strong he is. My favorite thing about that, actually, is the shot of him holding the horse just before that, mm-hmm. where... You know, just the way he looks in the background on fire and also the way his arm looks, the appendage, just going in every direction, you know, getting back to his body. It's mm-hmm. just interesting how it sort of coils and, you know, just, it's so weird. Yeah, it's... I really uh, like that. Very strange, yeah. Almost, you know, insectoid, in, you know, like some kind of, you know, you know, insect with these mandibles, you know, about to devour something. Yeah. And, uh, what what do you guys think of the way he does this? Like, if, I didn't think much about it until I was looking at it, but he holds the horse over him, and then he has these two other, you know, arms below the horse, and then the horse kind of just tears perfectly in half. I had assumed he just, like, ripped it in half, but no. it's a very clean kind of tear, yeah, right? He's using his, his arm. Uh, you can see his appendages holding onto it, actually. Like we were saying earlier, how it kind of looks like they're flattened out on him, like, oh, no, uh, I know. over the but horse. Are you head. saying... Well, did a, he pull it apart, or there, did he like? No, there, there's a scythe, you know, I mentioned. So mm-hmm. you know, on the side after it's cut, and you can tell there's some blood on it. And I think before he's, that, he's slicing it on the bottom and then ripping it. Yeah, there the, we go. Okay. You know, the, the, he's looking like the two uh, tentacles that are going for it. I think he just pretty much slashes it in half, and you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I, my initial reading was that he simply tear it, tore it in half like paper, but it's more like he kind of cuts through it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> nice horrifying action. And he takes the, uh, the top of the horse and, like the Godfather, you know, leaves it in Tabasa's flame bed back there. Yeah. That was a bad Godfather reference. I could have done better. Um, I, can hear the, I can hear the music playing from the movie. There you so. go. <laughs> uh, and then Erica appears on the scene uh, at the worst possible moment, unbeknownst to her, of course. A Rickard looking like. Yeah, and terrible she, man. She appears calling for Rickard. Yeah, oh, which is uh, not not playing it cool at all, either of them. <laughs> yeah. And then, he, yeah, uh, Rickard, or Rakshas grabs him, and then the end. Uh, Rickard screams Erica, and episode's over. Yeah. You didn't, so, men- you didn't mention the fact, uh, while uh, Silat and Rakshas are fighting and, and talking, that uh, Silat comments on how, yeah, like I said uh, earlier, you know, he's not fit to be an assassin because of the way he behaves. And, uh, you know, 
So <clears> that's, you know, a pretty big, like one of the biggest references at uh, their common past. And we've, uh, yeah, and we've that. also, we've seen it come into play here that he's, you know, he goofs off so much and it, it costs him. You know, he gets cut in the face, he gets his mask cut in half because he's, he's always playing with his food. He doesn't just get down to business. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much, yeah. And like he's, he's good at killing, but he, you know, he, he gets distracted. Yeah, and yeah, Silat, Silat calls him a murderer, you know, like what he said, joyful murderer. And just tells him he's really, like, you know, disqualified, you know, to be an assassin. Because uh, his his behavior is something that's not, you know, like, it's not uh, acceptable for a member of the Bakaraka. Well, that's pretty much the episode, guys. Um, I don't have a lot more, but certainly look forward to what happens next. I uh, can't wait for uh, Police Chief Zod to show up and break up the fight. Zod Squad. Yeah. Well, before that, you know, uh, Rakshas is going to be killed. Oh, you think so? According to Squidot, you know. Oh, for remember, oh sorry. For remember sorry. Squidot, who, yes. who wishes it to be done with flair, so... It's funny, when when you when I first saw that being written, I thought it was actually your post, and I was like, what? Is Ra- Do you really think that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, oh. Yeah, what I sent yeah, you yeah, to yeah. you first, yeah. Well, so, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I don't think uh, Rakshas is in any danger at the moment, I think. I mean, uh, that's the thing. I mean, okay. it's, I don't know. It's a it's a careful thing to, to analyze, because it, it does, until he transformed, Rakshas did have a disadvantage. You know, he was he was yeah. he had been shown up multiple times, but when he transforms... It's pretty clear the tables have completely well, turned. The and thing is, to be precise, uh, he's, he's Jose. Every time in this episode, he does something, they one-up it. So he's yeah. like, you know, uh, he tries to grab Rickard, but actually there's a fireworks, and then he's shot. Then he tries to get, and then, you know, Silat comes with the Yurumis. Then he blocks the Yurumis, they fight, and then, uh, you know, uh, the Tapasa arrive, you know, as he's about to get the advantage because of the dark, the Tapasa arrive and, you know, light him on fire, and then he transforms. So the thing is, yeah, he's in a position where he's more defending, reacting to what happens. But the problem is, like, they're out of options. They don't have any preparation for this. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't have... Uh, I mean, unless they've got, you know, uh, cannons in, lined up, you know, they, they got nothing more. So, well, of course, except uh, Daiba. But, well, uh, yeah. And you know what? I mean, you you mentioned it. I wouldn't have been surprised. Like, if Rickard did have cannons hidden <laughs> to fire on him, it wouldn't be that surprising. Yeah, that would be nice. But the thing is, uh, like, I don't think cannonballs could, uh, could do much damage to him because of... I yeah. Mean, his body. He's uh, like you said. He's not. He's not really like the snail count. But I think he's also got uh, properties. Whereas he's probably very hard to damage. You know, like I get the feeling that even if guts slashed at his body with the dragon slayer, he would just you know wouldn't do shit. So <clears throat> he could regrow tentacles and just you know the the clothes would reform. So yeah. Well, we know how guts would handle it. He'd you know slice him with the dragon slayer. And then see where his head moved, and then cannon right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would likely be the move. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I guess that's up for for this episode. That's it. So. Yeah, Walter is gone, so he's gonna have to do a, an outro by himself. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs>